Welcome back to another week here on MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. I am Ryan Drury. I'll be joined, as always, by Clarkie and Steve Sabrin. First, we will chat with a local Listowel District Secondary School student from Atwood, Colin Williams, who is going to be doing a huge 150-kilometer bike ride from his hometown all the way to Collingwood this June for a great, great cause. We'll chat with Colin about that. Then we'll discuss a lot of crazy stuff happening in the sports world lately. The OHL is canceled. The Leafs are on another losing streak. Golf is proposing a crazy new player money pool. And we'll talk about the debacle in the European soccer world, the now dead Super League. And finally, as always, we'll be joined by our wagering expert, Chris Abbott, to talk about that crazy, bad, clearly fixed boxing match between Jake Paul and Ben Askren. And as always, Chris will give you guys some betting tips heading into the weekend. You're listening to and watching MWO Sports brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to MWO Sports. Ryan Drury alongside Clarkie and Steve Sabrin. Very pleased to be joined by another great special guest here on the show. And it's nice to shine light on a, a positive news story, a positive sports story with everything going on in the sports world this week. We're very pleased to be joined by Colin Williams, an Atwood native who is going on a big bike ride this June to raise some funds for an important cause. Colin, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay. So tell everybody a bit about this biking for health ride that you're going to be doing June 27th, I believe is the date you're going to do yes. it. And you are going to bike from your hometown in Atwood, 150 K to Collingwood, which is incredible in and of itself, but you're doing it for a great cause. Tell us a bit about why you're doing it and how people can help out. Yeah, for sure. So, um, the idea came to me around Christmas when we were in lockdown, obviously, um, I've always been a big biker myself and I was just kind of thinking I've donated to the cancer society, to the children's health foundation, which I'm doing this for numerous times. And I was just kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, what would be kind of a cool way to, to donate and to give back to the people who work there and to give to the less fortunate kids who have to deal with the numerous amounts of surgeries and cancer treatments that they have to do there. So I thought maybe I was like, Hey, I've been, I'm a pretty big, I can bike obviously. And I was thinking, well, I didn't want to go down to London cause I, I don't want to keep looking over my shoulder to watch out for cars a whole lot. And, um, so I thought, Hey, maybe calling would be a good way to go, especially with all the elevation changes up there. And I thought that'd be in case the distance wasn't quite enough. I think the elevation would really help me as well, or be more of a mental challenge is what I'm thinking. Yeah. It certainly is sort of flat land around here, but when you get up there, Colin, it, it is, there's a lot of elevation changes. Yeah. The good news though, I would imagine once you get to the top of that mountain, it's just clear sailing all the way down. You'll just be able to glide down. Eh? Yeah, exactly. Right. But yeah, no, it's, it's been crazy. So I announced the fundraiser just over two weeks ago and the amount of support I've been getting has just been outstanding. Um, so the way I started was I reached out to my principal at school and I told her what I was doing and she thought it was a great idea. So we came up with the template to give to all the teachers to tell students on the Tuesday. And she, and when it came out, I already had like $400 in donations on the first day and people were saying how this would be such a cool thing for you to do. And I actually, I have the numbers right now and I just passed my goal of $5,000 a couple hours ago, which is just fantastic. I can't believe it's been doing that well. Nice. And how have you been training for it? What, how, like how many kilometers are you doing a day? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I've been in contact with a coach down in London. His name is Chris Helwig. He, um, he has me on a training program where I'm biking about five to six days a week. And it depends on the day, like some, like, so this week I rode Tuesday, Wednesday, today, and then I'll ride Saturday, Sunday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was just an easy hour ride. So I rode like 30 kilometers and I just have a trainer hooked up, uh, in my, in my basement downstairs that I ride on until I can count on nice weather all like all week. 
So roughly 350 to 400 kilometers a week I'm riding. Hmm. An easy ride, 30 kilometers, just a nice easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, if part of the, uh, event and the day, will you have uh, a little bit of a caravan with you and will there be some social media updates that people can sign up for? Um, so I've been in contact with a couple people. I know, I think my parents are going to be behind me most of the time. I think my dad's actually going to get out and ride with me the last little bit on the way, like probably like 50 K out or whatever into Collingwood. But yeah, no, the amount of support that I've been getting has just been phenomenal and hopefully I'm going to be riding no matter what on that day. Um, so hopefully weather, weather's going to be nice to me and I'll be able to ride in the sun. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I hope, yeah, in June, the weather will agree with you. <laughs> yeah. it's not agreeing with us lately here in Midwestern Ontario, but Colin, this is an incredible thing. And like you said, uh, biking was the thing that you kind of leaned toward that you thought you could, you know, utilize your skill set there to, to do something like this. And like you mentioned, uh, as we record this $5,155, hopefully by June, that's way, way up. And it's incredible <laughs> that you've already passed your goal. Um, so obviously you set the bar low for yourself, obviously, which is great to see, but what was it about biking and, and just cycling in general? Cause I love cycling myself. I know Clarky really loves cycling. Steve, I don't know if you're a big biker or not, but I've been, I've biked my whole life. It's one of my favorite pastimes. What got you into cycling? Um, wow. That's a good question. So re- what really got me into cycling was, I th- was my dad. Um, so I'd say roughly five years ago, or maybe even more than that, I'd say back in 2013, he had bought his first road bike and he, with one of his friends in town, had started to ride a little bit and they've, they've rode in Quebec and Collingwood multiple times. Mm. And I believe it was in 2016, he had passed his road bike down to me. And that's when I started really getting into road biking. I'd always enjoyed being on, like on the uh, trails between Atwood and Listowel. I wrote, I've rode those for forever, but really what got me into cycling was my dad and seeing him. He's not, I, I don't mean to sound overly rude or anything, but he's not, he's not the, he's not a crossfitter or anything like that. He's not in, he wasn't in amazing shape when he started, but to see like his, <laughs> to see what he battled through for like his big rides, like the one in Collingwood, I think was 120 or a hundred kilometers that he rode just to see him persevere through that was pretty inspiring. And I've, I've always, especially since last year when lockdown started in March, I had set up my road bike in my basement and I started riding just to keep active. Nice. Colin, tell us a little about what you do. Uh, I know I've seen you at the golf course here in Listowel. Um, who's your favorite sports team and what do you plan on doing after high school? Yeah, for sure. So um, for those of you that don't know, I'm in grade 12 at LDSS in Listowel. Um, so favorite sports team, Maple Leafs, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm a big fan of pretty much any sport. And um, I'm hoping after high school, I'm going to be going into financial management and like either an investment banking or hedge fund manager or something like that. Nice. That'd be awesome. Maybe a player agent. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. You could be trying to talk Mitch Marner's number down for Clarky in 10 years. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah. I, I'd like to know as well, Colin, I mean, obviously you work at the golf course here. It's safe to assume you're into golf. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I definitely try and get out as much as I can. Even though I work there, I still end up getting a membership just because it's easier for all the guys. Because especially with last year, when that's really all you could do was golf, a lot of my friends really took into the sport, which was kind of a nice thing to see. And even this year, that's mostly what all of us do. So hopefully it'll get back open soon. We can get back hitting golf balls out there. And what do you think of Corey's uh, latest couple of tournaments? Pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's been crazy. Um, he's definitely, definitely been, uh, showing his hometown proud. And I have people ask me every week after Sunday, I have people call me and ask me how much he's made and all that stuff. And it's pretty cool to see that, the uh, Mark he's put on, especially just all over Midwestern Ontario and Canada in general. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also little things, uh, that everybody does every day to help improve communities and your feet is no small task 
by any stretch of the imagination. I'm interested to know um, why you chose the charity you did. Yeah, for sure. So um, I have I know family and friends who have been to the hospital, myself included, for different things, and I've had like most of these donations are from people who have had family as well who have had to go to the hospital to get whatever done or just just routine checkups and stuff like that. So it, it hits close to home, the charity, and I thought it'd be a really good place to put the funds to. And I can't believe how well it's been doing. And I've been in touch with the hospital, the foundation and doctors there as well that I've had, and they're all showing all kinds of support. And I think I'm going to, the Children's Health Foundation is hopefully going to be there on the ride on June 27th. Nice. Well, well I'm sure they I can will. tell you my, uh, my wife is a nurse in the uh, healthcare system and um, any help uh, whatsoever is much appreciated and uh, it goes a long way. Not only the financial donation, but the effort, the training, the work to even think of this um, is a huge morale boost uh, for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. And um, I've been really focusing on my training, obviously, with my coach. And I've been in touch with Chris Kurz a lot. Kurz, as most people know him from Listwell. He's been he's going to be helping my nutrition with the week coming up and on the day of the ride. And that's going to be a definitely a big factor for me to keep pushing forward when it's getting a little tough close to the end. Absolutely. He'd be the guy to turn to. He uh, toes around uh, Zambonis in his spare time. So he'd be the <laughs> yeah. guy to, to turn to for sure. We're chatting with Colin Williams, who's a LDSS grade 12 student here in Listowel, who is going on a bike for health that is going to benefit the Children's Health Health Foundation. It's on June 27th, and uh, he's already surpassed his $5,000 goal. Go to GoFundMe, search Biking for Health. You will see Colin's name there, uh, Colin with one L, and you can donate. Uh, there's still plenty of time to help out. And uh, again, Colin, we just want to say congratulations for doing this. Like Steve said, I mean, the you know healthcare, it's never been more important in our lifetime. Uh, uh, given what we're going through right now. And uh, I can't commend you enough for what you're doing, man. And uh, I hope a lot of people hear this and uh, we can get the voice out there a little louder because what you're doing here is really, really special and you should be incredibly proud of yourself. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yeah, just say once again, the amount of support has been amazing so far and I hope it just keeps keeps on coming and I'm going to try and keep getting the word out through different means and all that. But yeah, it's been fantastic so far. Absolutely, my friend. Well, we'll do whatever we can to help you. And as we get closer to the bike ride, maybe we'll check in with you again, see see how the training's gone and uh, kind of get a, uh, a mental read of how you're feeling right before you take off. So, uh, hey, we really appreciate this and all the best to you. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate everybody on here. It's been great so far. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Remember, GoFundMe, Biking for Health. You can donate now. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, there's a lot to talk about in the sports world, a debacle in the soccer world, the golf world as well. We got to talk about Clarkie and Collins Maple Leafs. Uh, they're in a little bit of trouble again. Five in a row they've dropped. We'll talk about that. And of course, the unfortunate news, the OHL has canceled their season. Stay tuned here on MWO Sports brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury still alongside Clarkie and Steve Sabrin. We thank our guest, Colin Williams, for chatting with us. Remember to donate to his cause on GoFundMe, Biking for Health, June 27th. He's going to bike from Atwood to Collingwood. That's incredible. I, I bike to Atwood on the trails, guys, and <laughs> yeah. bike back. That's, I don't That's know, enough. 22K, and I'm ready to fall over. My legs are jelly <laughs> at the end of that. Uh, congrats to him. That's going to be fun to follow. Uh you know what's not fun to follow, guys? Sports in this province lately. And uh, we'll deal with the Leafs momentarily. But 
obviously the OHL just a week after Steve and I, you know, we, we touched on the GOJHL following day after recording last week, the PJHL announced they were canceling. And now I think to probably no one's surprise, but a lot of dismay, the OHL officially announcing uh, that they will not play this year. They have abandoned their return to play plans. Um, and the CHL for the second year canceled the Memorial cup as well. Um, Guys, obviously really disappointing. The top junior league, arguably in the world, will not play hockey this year at all. Yeah, I don't know what you can say, except like, like look at the shape of the province. Like, it's just, it, it's inconceivable that they could do it. Um, we seem to be behind here. I don't want to turn political on it, but you look at other places in the world and, and the United States and... You know, I was talking to Ian Doig there. It's like business as usual down there. Uh, we see a lot of fans in ballparks and ballparks and hockey arenas and everything else. And we still seem to be so far behind up here. Hopefully they can get their acting gear and get going and we can have at least a CFL season starting in August, they're saying now. Um, and then hopefully next uh, September, the OHL can uh, get back going. Well, yeah, I'm again, I'm pretty surprised that it took them this long to kind of... I know you want to try to get something going, but even the financial logistics of putting something together, like there was back in February, there's no real sign of things happening or opening up. And then you get into situations where, you know, where arenas are owned by the city or uh, the municipalities or whatever the case may be, you know, their ice is coming out. Like it, it you know, it, it, really dragged on and i know there's been some criticism about uh the league keeping players kind of strung along especially when you look at the players that play in the o i mean it's just not kids around the corner you're talking about players coming from all over the world uh into the ohl system so um you, you know it's it, it's tough and you got to feel for the kids i mean at that level the amount of work they put into it uh, to try to get ready. So um, hopefully better things come around the corner um, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, disappointing for sure. It is disappointing, guys. And and I know that David Branch did put a statement out who is also the president of the CHL. And uh, he said that they are discussing potential plans, nothing guaranteed, to maybe let the overagers that would have been overagers this year potentially play next year. Um, I, I, I don't know how they'll finagle around that it's who knows who knows what the financial implications could be after losing a season for many teams that claim that they don't make money running junior organizations and i read an article that was pretty interesting that also pointed out something that i don't know that a lot of people immediately thought about but um there was a lot of vocal backlash from players um pointedly at the province and our government here again clarky like you said we, we don't want to make this a political show or anything but it's a disaster here in ontario and a lot of the players um like you said steve kind of felt like the league dragged them along a little bit and the article I read kind of pointedly said how much trust has been lost amongst future player base here that could potentially benefit the NCAA. Will we see a mass of, of guys and the NCAA's become a much more popular option over the last 15, 20 years? Will we see a, a large amount of guys that have maybe lost faith in the model here? Um, go and play in the United States for, for big colleges. Who knows? There, there are a lot of questions unanswered. There are a lot of questions that may never be answered in terms of a though. lot of guys' careers. It's tough though, Ryan, like it's such a fluid thing. It's always changing. Like, it, it, you know, it's yeah. easy to sit back on the sidelines and said, Oh, they should have done this. Oh, they should have done that. They tried. Obviously they tried their best, you know, like, yes, they waited, Steve, they waited a long time, but they wanted to figure something out. And it just at the end of the day, they couldn't get it. Hopefully we can get vaccine. I got my vaccine last week. I'm Good. glad I did. Um, and I hope a lot of people do. Um, it's everyone's choice, but I think we will be through this pandemic if uh, people get their vaccines, but, um, and that, that could, that could save sports leagues too, right? Like I saw Robin Leonard, he was upset that the rules have changed uh, with NHL players after they get the vaccine. Yes, because everything is changing. We're learning about this virus as it happens. We've never gone through it before. We're learning about it. 
things are going to change. People, just get over it. Yeah, yeah. Robin Leonard, uh, if you're not familiar with what Clark he's talking about, he had a very pointed, um, I would say borderline aggressive opinion of the NHL in what amounted to an 11 minute long rant that that almost put me to shame. Um, and he uh, he had some very choice words for the league that the league responded to basically saying they never said any of the things he claimed that certain restrictions would be lifted like we've seen in in Major League Baseball and basketball, where if it, I know in Major League Baseball, if 85 percent of your team and staff are vaccinated, certain restrictions uh, are lifted. Yeah, like on, leaving on your home hotel room and not having to quarantine and all that. So we, we don't know the extent to how true that Mm -hmm. is. Although I will say in Robert Leonard's defense, I I guess that I don't believe a word that comes out of the mouth of Gary Bettman and the league office. Uh, They, they've never done anything that would afford anybody to believe a word that they say. I think there's snakes, the lot of them in my personal opinion, but that's neither here nor there. And it's a complicated issue. Like you said, Clarky, you got to look at it too, though. The NHL also has firm evidence. Look at what happened with the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Team that got put away. Uh, to the sidelines because of the virus. So, I mean, you, you, you can't start lifting restrictions here and there when you have teams losing how many games, uh, players yeah. getting ill, and then you've got to reschedule, which is a nightmare in itself of trying to fit everything. So, I mean, and the other thing, other side of it, it hey, you're a player, you're playing. Not a lot of people get to go to work these days. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, just hold your horses, let it ride. You're in a pretty good position if you're playing in the NHL. Hey, hey you're right. And as a Leaf fan, I kind of wish they had a quarantine the guys the Leafs acquired from Canada at the deadline. Then maybe we maybe we would have made a save on uh, Tuesday night. Well, okay. That's a whole other issue. Let's <laughs> let's talk about that. All right. Let, let's dig into the Leafs. Five game losing streak as we record this. They're playing on the night we record this on Thursday. And they here. got off to a good start Thursday night yes. with two quick goals to start the game. Matthews, 27 seconds in, and then Simmons scored. And Simmons has been a, invisible. So a better start Thursday night. But yeah, it's been it hasn't been great, but I'm not panicking. Teams go through struggles. You're not going to win 82 games or 56, however many they're playing this year. They haven't looked good, no question about it, but they're going to get through it. They're going to be okay, and they're going to get a good run. Um, But I've never seen a goaltender um, play as poorly as David, big save Dave Riddick played the other night. It, it uh, It was not pretty. The, I, I, and I feel for, I've done the exact same thing. My, here's the difference. I was doing it in a beer league. Okay. Yeah. That's the I, difference. I, we all, I think we all know the goal you're talking about. The overtime goal the other night. Um, well, it wasn't the overtime goal. Well, are you talking about the odd angle goal that Tanner Pearson scored? Yeah. And the slap shot through the legs from nearly just inside the blue line. Like there was a lot of, yeah, pardon me. That wasn't the OT goal. Both no, no. scored that. But yeah, that goal, I actually read in uh, an article on The Athletic just about the, the Leafs and their last week or so here that one one NHL executive, and I don't know the position of this executive they run named, said that that was the worst goal they ever saw at the NHL level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. And I saw Tosca let some in from the other team's blue line. Yeah, I, I still would... I mean, you mentioned it there. I would still vote that one. I, I was in the building for that goal. That was the worst goal I've ever seen in my entire life at any level, bar the NHL, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I it know. was a tough goal. And and the Leafs, yeah, they haven't been sharp lately. They've had some injury woes. I mean, uh, I think a positive, obviously, as, as we record this, Nick Foligno, their big acquisition at the deadline, starting on that top line. Um, well, which I, yeah, I think unfortunately, because of, uh, because Zach of Hyman, a, a, yes. a, a knee. Yes. Uh, quickly, Clarky, before we move on, uh, your your opinion of of that whole of that whole hit. Were you were you satisfied with the two game suspension that Edler got? Um, well, no. here's the deal. Okay. When, it, when, when it happened, I thought, okay, good. Next game, Simmons is going to go after this guy and teach him a lesson. And like we still. used to in the good old days. Yes, yep. he might still. They have a couple more games against Vancouver. Um, it was a dirty, dirty play. He stuck mm. his knee out. And like the announcers are giving him like 
oh, he was at the end of a shift. I don't care if you're at the end of a shift. What does that mean? Uh, like yeah. you're allowed to you're allowed to be dirty at the end of a shift. It was just a very frustrating two games. A lot was going on uh, audio wise that I wasn't happy with. Um, there was a lot going on in the ice I wasn't happy with. And then our producer's wife tweets at me, "Hey, go Canucks, go!" Like, 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 look at the standings. Thank you. I'm done. Well, I still, I still vote for the um, the penalized player has to sit out as long as the injury. But then you can get into a lot of fishy stuff. Well, but if you only yeah. if you only put it into major penalties or something like it's a five minute major, and and again, like it was a serious yeah. yep. penalized situation. Yeah, and you know the Leafs lose a key cog in their lineup. Like, let's not kid yourself. Zach Hyman yeah. has been a force for Toronto. No, yeah, no question. He, so, he's, he's huge for sure. It's I mean, thankfully uh, it doesn't seem like, too serious. Like these two guys didn't meet at center ice and drop their gloves and both said, "Okay, let's go." Right. It was it it was a dirty play, but I mean, um, and and you see the effects of Hyman not being on that top line. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how Felino. Uh, digs in on that, and when the Leafs get Hyman back, now they have two players exactly play very, yeah, the same way. And, and let's be serious: the Leafs played okay. Holtby was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, he really was. And there was one goal in the first game on uh, Sunday night that I think it went in. No proof. It certainly right. looked like it went in. Holtby does the old pad turn to make it not look like it went in. What ticked me off, though, Ryan, and, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, is the referee is behind the net with his hands up, not trying to see where the puck is. Marner's down there pointing, and the referee doesn't even go over and look. Doesn't well, even go look. The referee can get down there and look, too, especially after he blows the whistle. Anyway. Uh, well, Clarky, I mean, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent about referees again no, go, for the go, 80th okay. time on this show, but <laughs> it's similar to any time where you see a, a, a referee that's standing right next to a, a conspicuous play or a dirty play that happens, and his arm doesn't go up, and you can see him on the replay staring right at the infraction, and the referee that's 70 feet away is the one that calls the penalty. It's just like, yeah. can these guys yeah. get get it together here and yeah, yeah the guys behind the net like on a stuff play you should be looking for the puck it's a joke right. the nhl refereeing and i i know people probably say this every year but i i don't know i don't want to call myself an expert on anything but i've watched a lot of hockey games I, upwards of thousands over the over my lifetime and I can't remember a time that officiating was ever this bad. I don't know if it, and it's gotten worse since the Tim Peel incident. And I don't know if they're pulling off a, an umpire baseball. I told thing you, I a told you that might yeah, happen. I, and I remember you saying that on the show. Yep. And, and I think that something like that, there are no coincidences. There's no coincidences. No, the, the, the no. refs are mad that one of their guys got punished for what they are instructed to do. Yeah. by the league and Stephen Walcom. Yeah. And they're taking a silent stand and their officiating standards never been worse. And we talked to Brian Lewis about a month ago, uh, yep. former NHL director of officiating. And he said, you know, a, a coach yelled at him once because he called like six straight penalties. I've gone through the log of the Leaf penalties and penalty kills the last like 20 games. And it's been within one either way, both every game which is ridiculous. You can't tell me that it's there's even amount of penalties per team per game. It just is not happening, but that's the way the referees want to call it. Oh, I've called two on them. I better call the next two on the other team. It happens all the time. The even ups, they happen. Yeah, it's uh it's frustrating and it's something as sports fans we live with. What we shouldn't live with is especially in a time right now in in a pandemic that has rocked the entire planet what we should not be forced to live with is more unimaginable greed by people in the sports world and we'll start in golf now i've never been a big fan of golf up until we started this show i've paid a lot more attention to golf obviously you guys are very into golf and, and that's great and we love Corey, and it's awesome 
This proposal of this new money pool for what is it? The top eight golfers or whatever, where they're going to have access to split a pool of $40 million. This new PGA tour pool is so asinine. I, I absolutely cannot believe that the PGA tour and the players are, are allowing something like this to go forward given the times we're living in. Now, I know not every golfer is a millionaire. There are guys out there grinding away on the Corn Ferry Tour and everything, and, and that's great. But there but are guys. They're not going to benefit at all. No. The top, you mean to tell me that you need an additional $40 million to give to the top eight, let's be honest, not even best necessarily, most popular players and they're basing it on dumb things it's not even it's based a bit on year-end fedex points so okay fine if it was just based on that i'd still hate it because only eight guys benefit it should be spread out uh but it's going to be also based on things like google searches yep social media popularity it's a popularity contest that's so stupid i like ricky fowler a lot He's going to be one of the guys that benefits from this. Ricky Fowler can't put his way out of a wet paper bag. He sucks. And he's probably going to benefit from this because people search him because he wears creamsicle colored outfits on the golf course. This is so embarrassing. Steve, I'd love your opinion on this. I just can't believe they're doing this. Well, the, the one thing that sports like golf, tennis, things like that, um, they're neat because you got to play to get paid right it's not like you sign a three-year contract and you're guaranteed money and you go you got to go to the tournament you got to make the cut you got to play well to earn your coin which is great i think the pga would be better served off in trying to bring up an equilibrium between the women's tour and the men's tour and give women pro golfers a chance to make some bigger money and drive participation up in women's sports like a much better idea than trying to, you know, hey, let's have a popularity contest. Um, you, you know, it's it's now where's the money coming from? Who's providing the money? Is it a sponsored back person saying, hey, I'm going to give you all this money, but this is how you have to use it? Yeah. Or is this just something that the PGA is coming up with and saying this is what we're going to do? It's going to be it's going to be from my understanding a combination of sponsorship dollars and television money mm-hmm. from the likes of CBS and Fox and and ABC and whoever else covers golf. And I don't care where the money's coming from. It's it's the design of how they're distributing it and who it's going well, and, to. And why does Dustin Johnson need 8 million right. more and, and, so that's if, a So if you're a sponsor and you want to give a golfer money to tote your name Give it to him. They do anyway. Yeah. That's, what I'm, that's what I was about to say. These guys don't need $8 million extra dollars a year. As funny as that might sound, they don't need it. It was all about this Premier Golf League that they tried this breakaway tour last year. They tried to get it going. A couple of the golfers said no. Rory McIlroy was one of them said no, I'm not going. It's all to counteract this Premier Golf League um, because they're afraid of another league coming in and taking away some of its players. That's what it's about. It's about a rival league. And Ryan, go ahead, start your rant about the soccer thing now. Well, well nothing to rant about now. We all know how that turned out. Well, I, and the funny thing is, we've had an interesting week. Let's 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 let our listeners in to some of our conversations throughout the week. Ryan says last Sunday, "Hey guys." New soccer league. It's a joke. We need to talk about it. I respond saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't heard anything about it. And uh, then all of a sudden, the old proverbial, you know what, hit the fan. And Ryan was just ahead of the time on it. But since all this happened, it's dead anyway. So do we even talk about it, Steve? Maybe you're right. Well, I mean, it's, it's, but they kind of go hand in hand is what is this fear about creating? What's next? Is the NFL going to do something to snuff out the, the, the XFL or whatever the case may yeah. be like it, you know, if you're good, you're good. You're going to, and we've seen this happen in sports leagues throughout the century, uh, centuries. When you look at major league baseball and it's early going. And I pointed out this, the rhyme when they're talking about the European soccer league is major league. Ba- that's how major league baseball was formed. You know, the top teams created a super league and it snuffed out all the little, 
teams across the U.S. But at that time, I mean, those teams were only in existence for a couple of years and they're all amateur. This situation dealt with teams that are, you know, a century old and have a very, very firm uh, fan base like Ryan or Man U fan. I mean, sorry, wrong, wrong team. How dare you? <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it's, and again, a number of articles, a number of tweets on social media, it was all about money and the money that was being lost through the pandemic. And you looked at the Euro soccer idea and the amount of money they were tossing around was incredible. It really was. And for anybody who doesn't know, and I, I know we don't exactly live in an area that is soccer mad by any means, but I am. And I have been for a long time. And basically what was happening was 12 of the richest clubs in European soccer were trying to break away into this new super league where basically, if you don't know how European soccer works, it's a relegation system. There's a very top league. And if you suck and you're at the bottom, you get relegated down and all the way down. Most leagues have four or five levels and, you know, it trickles down to smaller and smaller clubs. The TV money that's all collected um, gets filtered throughout all the leagues and it helps everybody. It's designed to help everyone and these 12 greedy ownerships i won't say teams or clubs owners these 12 greedy owners tried to break away and and in in a pandemic no less where everybody is financially struggling the richest of the rich broke away because they said that they were afraid of continuing to lose money and they wanted to make a guaranteed competition where there would be no competition for continued place in the tournament these 12 teams would be guaranteed to be in this tournament every year so there's no incentive incentive to improve or make things better for fans who are the heart of sports and they would be taking giant chunks of money upwards of 180 million euros a year guaranteed just for the privilege of being a founder of the club taking money away from the developmental system of not only player development, but club development in England and Italy and Spain, these soccer mad nations where fans deserve better these owners, particularly, I was so disappointed earlier this week. I, I'll be honest, and you know, I, you guys know I love sports more than anything. It, it's it's the biggest passion I have. I was in tears on Sunday night. I was in tears. I was. I've never been so hurt as a sports fan, and particularly Steve, like you mentioned, a diehard, lifelong Chelsea supporter. Our viewers can see it. Our, our listeners can't. I've been a Chelsea supporter for 17 years, and on Sunday night, I felt like I had wasted 17 years of my life. I Some of my fondest memories in sports outside of hockey and, and now baseball, some of my fondest memories were getting up early at 6 a.m. on Saturdays when I was a kid to watch the Premier League on the score way back in the day when the score had it and James Sharman and Christian Jack and all those guys, how they got their start here. And all my friends would go, why aren't you sleeping in on Saturday? Because I want to get up and watch Chelsea. And these owners tried to steal from us what makes the game pure, and that's competition. Having a system where only a few make all the money and are guaranteed places, that's not competition. That's not sport. That would be like Usain Bolt showing up at the Olympics next year and he just automatically qualifies and doesn't have to run any qualifying heats. He could lose. And that's what sports are. You don't just get to say you're in every year and make all the money. You lose. And I found it rich, guys. I won't spend too much more time on this, but I was so hurt by this. I found it rich that they were trying to dub it the Super League with some of the clubs that were involved. Let's start with Italy. Juventus, which is the most famous Italian club, arguably, because they win all the time, and Ronaldo plays there now. They were in it. AC Milan and Inter Milan, who are in there, they can't even win their own league. Juventus wins every year. They can't even win their own title. And they're in the Super League? Are you kidding me? Barcelona, who let's not kid anybody, are, are the culprits behind this. Barcelona and Real Madrid. They are both in such crushing debt because of bad business decisions and horrible player transfers that they, they just wanted a quick buck. 
shame on them. And as far as England goes, where my Chelsea, and by the way, I've never been more proud in a 24-hour span. I went from being heartbroken to incredibly proud. Chelsea fans helped save soccer. They showed up in droves to Stamford Bridge and protested this, and, and they backed out. And, and that's that's great. They should still be punished. They all should. But the other clubs, Manchester United, an all-time great club, they've been in tatters for 10 years. They can't win the league. They're a joke right now. Arsenal, don't even get me started on Arsenal. They're in 10th in the Premier League. They're 10th. And they're supposed to be in a Super League? Give me a break. What a joke they are. And Tottenham. They have ne- they've never even won a Premier League title. They haven't won a league title in 60 years. Super League. Right. And the awesome. and and the moron, sorry Steve, one last point here. The the moron outside of all the owners who should be severely punished and and if anything should be forced to sell their clubs, which rumors are many are considering it and good. We don't want you. The the guy that's involved at club level that should be severely punished is Florentino Perez at Real Madrid. He is a scum. And he is a a stain on the sport of soccer. And he was the one pushing this through, saying we need it. And he's still trying to defend it and saying that we should make soccer games shorter because young people can't pay attention for 90 minutes and all this. I think he should be given a lifetime ban. He should never be allowed within 100 feet of a soccer pitch. And he should be ashamed, ashamed alongside these owners of what they tried to do to not only soccer, because North American fans don't think for a second that that owners here wouldn't try the same thing all in the name of money. They're already billionaires and they just want more and more. And it's a joke. And they tried to steal the soul of a game that I love and that the world loves. And it's a joke. That's all I have to say. Uh, actually, I find soccer games to go the quickest out of a lot of the major sports. They do. I can never, figure, never, how long, I, I can never figure out how long they are. 90, 92, 93, 94, maybe 97. Yeah. Whatever. Well, see, matter. Let's just make up a number. They don't stop the clock, right? Yeah. They let the clock run. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, right? good. So maybe they should get into the uh, 90s and stop a clock. They have the technology. Stop it. But I, I guarantee you, watching a soccer game takes a lot less time than watching a baseball game. Oh, it's it's, yes. it's not even close. You could you could play yes. three soccer games before your average baseball Steve, game. Ended. Speaking Steve, of baseball, Steve, yeah, how long do you think it would be for uh, Ryan to uh, grow out that mustache a little bit? If you're watching on uh, Whiteman right now, um, Ryan's got the little uh, Austin Matthews happening, and like Raleigh Fingers was a very famous Oakland A, and he's got his ace hat on. And there he is. There's Raleigh. There's Raleigh. So Ryan, that's 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 uh, you know that's your next step, but. Steve, you mentioned another famous catcher, maybe. Uh, well, I mean, there's there's a few guys. Uh, there was Catfish Hunter, who was. Oh yes, Catfish. Hunter. Yes. Catfish oh. Hunter. There he is. There's Catfish. Yeah. That's probably yeah. one of the closest. And, and then if you're going more, a little more modern. In '93, the Jays fans will remember Dennis Eckersley. Like Dennis Eckersley. There it is. There it is. is. <laughs> if you just grow the hair out a little bit, um, that would be very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't Thurman Munson was the catcher I was thinking about. He had a nice stash too. He didn't play for the A's, I don't think, though. He played for the Yankees, but, but maybe he did. I don't know. Oakland. Yeah. There you go. You've proven your Oakland A's worth. Yeah. Um, we got it for our radio audience, Ryan. Please post a picture. Okay. I'll I'll put it up. It's on my face, my personal Facebook page. I'll tweet it out on the MWO Sports yeah, uh, do that. Twitter account as well. It's not a great stash, but I was really on the I did it as a joke for my girlfriend, and then she actually encouraged me to keep it and just see where it goes. And no, I'm not at catfish. It or- looks like a family reunion. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the Brady Bunch. Just look side to side, right? Yeah, uh, uh, Uncle Eck, how are you? I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, no, I appreciate you uh, comparing me to these A's legends. And hey, by the way, I'm I'm feeling real good about the A's. Eleven in a row. And I read a stat the, the other day. It must be the mustache power. It's it's inspiring them. Um, I read the other day they are the first team uh, ever in major league history to start the season. zero and six, and then rattle off an 11 straight win streak at any point in that season, which is uh pretty darn impressive. And, it, and 
they're hitting their way out of a lot of trouble. I'll tell you that right now. And I, I hate to tell you, but we have a new producer. Um, this uh, starting next week, Lou Lamorello was coming to produce, and he says, no. "That's it. No more mustache. It's oh. done. <laughs> it's our show, Lou. Sorry, uh, I, I will not accept. I'm not on the ice. So, uh, no, I, I appreciate the comparisons. Yeah, I'm not quite. I think. Give me a couple weeks. I can get to Uncle Dennis's level. I can get right. to Eckersley. I don't we need know Raleigh about, fingers though. We need. Oh, the handle I don't handle. know about fingers. He's got that cool French coif thing. I nah, that's not gonna happen, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I knew. I knew I couldn't hide the whole episode, so it, it had to be addressed. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll chat with our wagering expert Chris Abbott from Cool Bet on a number of different things, including uh, what very much appeared to be a fixed boxing fight with that idiot jake paul we'll talk about that and some of chris's hot bets coming up next here on mwo sports brought to you by coolbet.co this is mwo sports Welcome back to wrap things up here on MWO Sports for the Week. Ryan Drury alongside our wagering expert Chris Abbott from Coolbet. Abbott, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Yeah, I apologize. I'm uh, I'm a mobile here this week, but uh, it's 2021, and this has become the norm, I guess, for content creation. So, uh, hey, say la vie. Absolutely, man. Uh, let's talk a little bit first before we get into some betting tips for the weekend about. Uh, really just an embarrassing night for the boxing world and really the fighting world in general, the Jake Paul, Ben Askren fight. I mean, have you ever seen something that looked so fixed in your entire life, Chris? No, no, nothing that fixed since the last time I took my uh, puppy to the vet. That, that's, that's fixed right there. Um, yeah, man, it was bad. Like, I've seen better dives at Canada's Wonderland. Like it's, it's not good. It, it was, and I mean, Ben Askren sold his soul. Like he can never come back from this either. Right. So he must've said, well, my MMA career is over. Uh, let's see what kind of payday I can get here. I'll go in and take a dive. And um, it's bad, man. <laughs> it's, but obviously people paid money. Somebody's paying for Snoop to be there for Justin Bieber for, you know, Pete Davidson for whoever else. So, I mean, it's embarrassing. Uh, it's, it's, when you work in the sports betting world, you know, you don't want people thinking that's what uh, goes on. So overall, yeah, it was, it was not good. And, and uh, I never paid for it. Um, I did see a replay of it and I'm, I'm, I'm quite glad that's all I saw. Same here. I, I refuse to pay for anything that the Paul brothers are involved in. And of course the rumors there that Logan is going to fight Floyd Mayweather in June, which just is an awful idea. It would be different. I I'm really opposed to YouTube stars and, and no disrespect. If you're a YouTube star, fine. I, I love Pootie pie just as much as the next guy. But if you're a YouTube star, don't taint the sport of the sport of boxing, which is tainted enough as it is already and fight, do this Ben Askren garbage. And you know what? Logan Paul's going to fight Floyd. He, Floyd could knock him out in four seconds, but he'll toy around with him for the money. Like, who are they going to fight next? Jose Kinsenko? Jose would do it, too. You know he would. It's a joke. He wants his house back. Uh, let's talk about baseball. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, my A's are rolling. 11 in a row. I got the Eckersley mustache, according to Steve. I'm feeling good about the A's. Uh Obviously, they're a fun team to bet on. Uh, I, I talked last week a bit about the Marlins. They're fun to bet the over on a lot. Uh, who are some teams that have caught your attention in baseball so far in terms of betting and uh, maybe over-under plays? Yeah. Um, I, for one thing, I've been I've been fading the Cubs and fading the Mets and uh, teams that you think are going to win um, based on their name brand recognition. Yankees have been a great fade. Um, I I've, I've made some money betting on the Orioles. I've always bet Orioles overs because of their home ball field. Um, so that's some pretty good. I mean, always overs at Fenway park. The one thing that's really surprising to me is I thought the Jays were going to play a lot of overs this year and they haven't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know enough that I've bet enough Jays games that have not even reached the total, not even close. So, um, that's going to be something to keep an eye on because, uh, their pitching, I guess has been better than we thought and their offense hasn't been as good as we thought it would be. So, um, that's something to keep an eye on as we go forward here. 
Yeah, outside of Vladdy, who is unbelievable. I mean, his OBP is over 500 right now. And Bo, um, a lot of strikeouts and a lot of cold bats. But uh, apparently they're going to be getting George Springer back within the at least within the next week. So with him batting leadoff, hopefully their bats come alive. Uh, hockey as well. Really quick, the Leafs, they're on a bit of a slide. But overall, I mean, I, I think the league is is finally, for the most part, healthy. Most teams that were affected by COVID are kind of over it. Down the stretch here, there are a lot of teams with 10, 12 games left. Who do you like to bet on in terms of either money line or maybe over-unders in hockey? I think as we go forward here, um, the Islanders, the Capitals uh, in the East are going to be uh, some decent bets. So they bolstered themselves, um, and I think they're going to be uh, you know difficult for uh, for competition going forward. I've been liking the Carolina Hurricanes all year. They've been a little bit up and down lately, but I think when playoff time comes, they play that brand of hockey that we're going to want to watch. In Canada, I think Montreal might be a team to keep an eye on as we come down the stretch. They they hit their skid. They changed their coach. Uh, they made some changes, um, I think, uh, you know, roster-wise as well. Uh, depends on Carey Price's health, of course. But um, so some overs, some money lines for Montreal, I think might you might get some good value. There was a time this year where we were talking about them as the, the best or the second best team in the division. And, uh, you know, teams haven't changed all that much. And, you know, the Leafs will come back around. They'll be fine. I really think they'll be fine. I'll be betting against them in the playoffs. But um, yeah, they'll they'll be all right. And and a team to watch out for two teams, I think, uh, St. Louis and Dallas. They always seem to be there at the end of the day. And um, you know, St. Louis in a real tough division. Um, Dallas is uh, in a in a terrible division. So I think uh, they might be a couple of teams that could, uh, especially Dallas, make some noise come playoff time. That's why he's our wagering expert. Like you said, Chris, Dallas especially, they are on a tear. They want to get into the playoffs, and basically all without. Ben Bishop, their star goalie. It's uh, they, They've been a lot of fun to watch down the stretch. Chris, we appreciate this, buddy. Uh, best of luck uh, with everything you got going on out east there. You're in a bit of a better position than we are here in Ontario. So enjoy the nice weather that's coming, and we appreciate this as always, my friend. All right. Thanks so much. Talk to you guys next week. Absolutely. All right. You can listen to the show Friday nights at six on CKNX AM 920 CKNX.ca. Unless the Leafs play on a Friday night at seven, we will start at 530 leading into Leafs pregame at 630. Remember, we air every single Leafs game on CKNX. We're airing Jays games as well. Unless they conflict with the Leafs, Leafs get priority. You can watch this show Friday nights at eight, Sunday nights at nine with our friends on Whiteman TV, debuting Friday nights at nine on our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media at mwo underscore sports for myself ryan drury chris clark steve sabrin our guest this week colin williams and of course our wagering expert chris abbott we appreciate you listening to and watching mwo sports brought to you by coolbet.co